Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. On today's episode, we are getting organized. First up, editor-at-large Christine Mulkey uh, talks to Julie Carson. Julie is the founder and editor of the home site Remodelista, and she just published uh, her latest book, Remodelista, The Organized Home. And um, do you know what the most clicked-on, searched-for room in the house is on the internet? The kitchen. That's right. So Christine and Julie talk about all the tips, hacks, and design elements uh, that Julie recommends for making the most of the most used room in the house. And then I talked to Emil Stonic, uh, editor of our site, basically about uh, not spring cleaning, but winter cleaning. Because when it's freezing out, that's the time you should be cleaning out and organizing your freezer. Something I need desperately to do because I just I don't have a I feel like I don't have a handle on my freezer. I don't know how to use my freezer. I, I neglect it. I don't take advantage of it. So fortunately, Emil schools me on that. But uh, right now, here is Christine and Julie. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such an inspiring book. Uh, made me want to completely redo everything in my house. Um, there are six different areas that you focus on in this book, which is pulling from 10 years of Remodelista info. Where does the kitchen lie on the home organization spectrum? Oh, gosh, I think it's huge. I mean, I think I think most of us struggle with our kitchens because it's, you know, it's you use it two, three times a day. It's full of hundreds of, you know, different items. I know it's corny, but it's the heart of the home. So I think it's, I, to me, it's the most important room for sure. Do readers on the site, like, do they really respond to your kitchen stuff? Do they ask for more? Absolutely. It's by far our most popular department. I mean, if you look at our analytics, it's where, it's where readers go first. It's... Um, it's where they go for inspiration. I mean, a lot of our readers come to us for remodeling advice, and those are consistently our top posts. Um, so yes, it's our it's it's the it's the core of the site really. That's great, and I know people just Pinterest the crap out of beautiful kitchens and and kitchens that they want, but then thinking about actually putting your stuff in it, you know, your spices, your cleaning things. It's actually, one, you know, what happens once you open those cabinets, I think, is fascinating. So one of the sections, you tell your readers to think like a chef when they're organizing their kitchens. What does that mean? I think what's fascinating about chefs is, again and again, I, when I'm reading interviews with the chefs, they talk about how they work out of tiny kitchens. Um, you know, David Tannis, who has a cookbook out right now, um, is somebody I love. And I was talking to him the other day, and he has a tiny kitchen. Yeah. And I think there, this notion that you need a giant kitchen is, you know, with the big giant hulking island is is kind of misguided. I think what I love about the way chefs work is they use the triangle. They love galley kitchens. Um, so we, we really wanted to kind of get inside the head of the chef and figure out how you can apply some of the principles of, you know, restaurant cooking in mm-hmm. the home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think the chefs are all about um, having everything close at hand. You know, when you need your wooden spoon, it's right there next to the next to your, you know, your burner. And there's this concept of mise en place, everything in its place. So you, you need to be very religious about putting things back where they belong <laughs> so that you know where they are. One of the things we talk a lot about in the book is decanting so that you um, you don't open your cabinets to a jumble of, you know, bags of half-used rice and pasta that's shoved in the back of the cabinet. So if you can be very disciplined about buying in bulk, labeling your jars, um, it's good for the environment too, if you can, you know, use less packaging. 
And the other thing we we talk about is go to the restaurant supply store and you know you can get great basics there. You can get cutting boards, stacks of white plates if you throw a lot of dinner parties and you want to have extra plates on hand. Um, we've got a knife rack in the book that we sourced at a restaurant supply store. So you know those were some of the takeaways. Great. So if someone wants to reorganize our kitchen, where should they start? You have to start by taking an inventory of what you've got, open every single cabinet. I did this myself um, not too long ago. I was kind of horrified by how many (laughs) things I had accumulated over the years that were sort of shoved in the back of cabinets. And it made me think that, you know, there's a lot of talk about organizing your closet and culling clothes that you're not wearing, you know, that you haven't worn for a year. And I I think you should apply that system to the kitchen. I think every few months you should take a really good hard look at your cabinets and see what's lurking in there that you don't use. I found like a couple of things that were shoved in the back of my cabinet that I had literally never used. They were wedding presents and I just sort of, I finally got rid of them. I finally gave them to my neighbor at least, at least I didn't throw them away. But right. So that's where I would start is that kind of, is that kind of cleaning, you know, purging. And then going from there, um, there's all sorts of principles we could talk about. So it's basically, do these lentils bring me joy? (laughs) (laughs) right how do you know what to hang versus what to nest or stack or shelve and what do you do with all those lids like what are some of the systems that you recommend it's you know it's so funny because everyone seems to be obsessed with that page we do we have four solutions for storing your pot lids i love Um, that you do two pages on pot lids yeah i know for me the key to pot lids is to don't store them with the pot that they're belong to store all the lids together Mm -hmm. so that um, they're not clanging around in in your drawer. You can mount sort of towel bars on the inside of a cabinet door and sort of slip them slip them in as they sort of serves as as a rack Mm -hmm. that you can conceal inside your cabinet door. I personally like this kind of hack that we found that someone told us about. We took a spring curtain rod, uh-huh. you put that at the front of a door, I hope I can explain this, of a drawer, and then you can nest, you can slip your lids um, so that they're resting on top of that rod. Really and, smart. Yeah. Yeah, I like that these solutions aren't all go to the container store and spend $50. I mean, you're using wooden dowels, you're using, you're repurposing things from Ikea. Right. Tell me about the importance of trays. That was one of the things I, I liked from reading the book is to create these sort of, not still lifes, but these little areas. Right, absolutely. We use them, we use them all over the house. Um, I use them in my own kitchen. Um, I have a couple right next to my sink, so that's where I put my scrub brushes and sponges, and um, I decant soap, my dish soap into a glass bottle. Hmm. Um, and if you and you can keep it all tidy and contained if you've got a, a you know, if, if they're on a lid, they don't tend to migrate all over the counter. We actually use them inside of cabinet drawers as well. If you don't have divided drawers, they're a great way to keep things contained, um, create some kind of organization, you know, structure inside of a drawer. Um, I use them next to the stove to keep my olive oil and my salt and, you know, the kind of things that you reach for as you're cooking. I, we also use them in a cabinet. If you've got canned goods, you can sort of keep those contained on a tray if, instead of having them kind of moving around inside your cabinet. Interesting. So what's your what's your go-to tray? I sort of picture those those like falconware enamel. Exactly. Almost like a dentist yep. tray. Exactly. Yes, we love those. I love jelly roll pans too. You I mean you can get those in all sizes and they have a you know, they have a nice rim. I use those as a underneath my dish drainer instead right. of like those plastic 
Rubbermaidy kind yes, of. Yes, I know. Why don't they make a stylish one of those? Oh my gosh, I know. We we look all the we. It's the type of thing we're searching for all the time. Yes. Let will you let me know, please? Yes, I will. The only thing with the dish strainer jelly roll pan I have found is that the water sometimes the water gets underneath there, and at one point you think, "What's that smell?" Yeah. And then you lift it up, and exactly. stuff has been happening. Yeah. Well, you know what you can do is um, if you have a beautiful dish towel, you linen dish towel, put that underneath, then mm. set the jelly roll pan on top oh. of that. So that's what I do, actually. Um, You also tell readers to think like a shopkeeper. So walk us through that. What I loved about our interview with Sam Hamilton, who has a brilliant eye and has this beautiful, beautiful kitchen shop out in San Francisco. And I I loved the way she said that you should sort of merchandise what's in your kitchen the way a shopkeeper would. So it's sort of, it's in a weird kind of way, it's like, think about making things look attractive and reachable and sellable. I mean, her, she has a quote, I think she has a quote that says something like, the items that are visible are the ones you, you'll use. It's same as the uh, the retail mantra is, what you can see is what sells. Mm. I, I thought she gave a lot of good advice. She talks about um, using shallow pantry storage. So, you know, we always think deeper and bigger is bigger cabinets are better, but actually shallow cabinets really make more sense because you won't lose stuff in the back of them, right? Yes. <laughs> Her advice is line up your goods up front. Make use of those risers. Do you know what those are? Mm-mm. They're like a little platform that oh, you wow. can stick in your cabinet so you can stack stuff up on top of the little platform and then tuck things under the platform. Ooh, need one of those. Where do you get those? You can get them at the container store. Okay. That's really smart. And then she says, you know, just as retailers group goods by theme, you should create set up areas in your kitchen, sort of set up an area where you do your coffee making, set up an area where you do your food prep. Interesting. And for this store she's referring to is called March in San Francisco. And if you need any more inspiration on how to have a beautiful kitchen, I mean, the store is just bonkers. Every time I go in there, I kind of cry a little. I bet even Nancy Myers cries when oh, she goes absolutely. in there. And she's got an outdoor kitchen and everything's beautiful. And of course, everything is like $700, but you might be able to find a napkin or something. Exactly. And it's also uh, around the corner from Bee Patisserie, which has the best Queen Amon. I'm going to say in America. Anyway, they're really good. So that's a good sort of one-two out-of-your-way moment in San Francisco. Absolutely. So how can people think outside the box in terms of dish and glassware storage? For me, personally, I like to try to keep my glasses and the things that I use daily as close to the dishwasher as possible. Ah. I actually have a long open shelf in my kitchen, and that's where I keep my glassware. So it's right there if you want to grab a glass off the shelf. I don't mm-hmm. even, you know, it's not even in a cabinet. You don't even open a cabinet. And I happen, and I use stacking glasses, even stacking wine glasses. Um, oh, it's where I keep my mugs. It's where I keep everything that you, everything that you, you know, use the most. You know, some of it's sort of obvious. I keep my plates stacked in a cabinet above the dishwasher, the cabinet right above. But I think um, if you, you know, if you're lacking space in your kitchen, you can even stack dishware on a rolling cart, for instance. If you have a, sh- a shallow drawer, you can put a tea towel down and line up your, you know, store your glasses in that drawer. What's your favorite stackable glass? I love the uh, Marta glasses from CB2. Yeah, those are great. I happen to love these Alessi stackable wine glasses. Have you seen those? No, I didn't. Yeah. Even, how does that work? They're kind of, I, I know, right? <laughs> would, um, they're, they're like short wine glasses, and you and they're kind of, they're a little bit chunky. The base is, you know, you, it is designed in such a way that you can just put it right into the wine glass above it. I mean, it must have been kind of frustrating working on a book about storage, and you probably, I mean, you 
live in Manhattan or Brooklyn that's not, you know, you don't have a pantry. You don't have the walk-in pantry or the separate right, exactly. thing. What is it like to look at all these homes and come up with these ideas that don't always apply? You know, I like a small kitchen. Mm. I'm not actually, I don't actually long for like a big giant kitchen with a huge island. I like uh, my cal- my current kitchen, which I actually just finished remodeling oh. in Brooklyn Heights, is a galley kitchen. Um, it's got two long countertops um, and deep drawers where I keep all my pots and pans. Um, it's sort of got, it's got a place for everything. It's got, as I mentioned, I have this long marble shelf above my sink, so that's where I keep all my, my glassware. I even have sort of a, dra- a drawer for mail and, you know, the kind of stuff that you have in your pockets when you walk in the door and you just kind of want, you know, want to get it out of sight. Mm-hmm. So I really thought carefully about figuring out a place for everything. I even have a tiny little um, utility closet for brooms and wow. so on. Wow. I know. It's, that's kind of a luxury in Manhattan, that's right? A, yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't I don't really get jealous of, uh, like, when I go to the city, I don't get jealous of people's homes, but I do get jealous when they have, like, a separate pantry for dry goods. Yes. And then I get jealous of laundry rooms, which is weird. But And also the laundry section in your book is pretty hardcore, too. <laughs> and that's actually in a, in, a, in a Manhattan apartment. So that's, um, that's sort of a closet as laundry room. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I have like one drawer for spices. Help a sister out. What do I do? <laughs> well, you know, we, we do this thing. Um, actually, pretty much all of us at Remodelista do this. We decant our spices into these little um, glass jars with metal screw on screw top lids that you can get at art supply stores. They're ah. for mixing paint. Oh. And they're genius. And then we just use washi tape and label them. And I, I'm a big believer in not you know, not buying giant bottles of spice, mm-hmm. spices that are going to go bad. So, uh, you know, we buy our spice, our spices in bulk and put them in these tiny jars. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the page now. And, of course, they're in a beautiful enamelware tray. Exactly. And they these jars look to be about two inches high. I think so, yeah. Maybe the larger. And then I love you. Also suggest uh, having another tray. You've got your ginger grater. You've got your flaky salt. Right. And I think this drawer is an example of sort of the idea of storing like with like and keeping mm-hmm. zones. So you always know where everything is. You say that decanting is important for an organized pantry. So um, what about, I always think about things like flour or things that might be a little bit more light sensitive. Like when is decanting maybe not the best way to go? Well, you can always decant flour into sort of a stainless steel, you know, Mm -hmm. container. That's what I do, actually. And you can get those at Ikea. Okay. I'm a big fan of the Ikea um, jars and... um, you know, decanting items. That's what I do. And then you label it with, again, with that washi tape. Mm-hmm. And if you've got good handwriting, all the better. Yes. Well, um, what's your favorite color washi tape? You know, <laughs> we used a lot of yellow. We, uh-huh. I've, I've, I've kind of gravitated toward yellow washi tape. We used to be all about pink washi tape, but I think yellow. And the millennials ruined your exactly, washi tape for you. Exactly. Okay, refrigerators. Most people's refrigerators are a disaster zone. How do we attack them? Yeah, I think the main thing is just don't overbuy. I think there's this temptation to go to the grocery store and load up your cart with, you know, two weeks worth of groceries. And I think we, I, I'm a big believer in in not buying too much in any part of your house, and you know, keeping it keeping it as minimal as possible. So, and then you know, I think establishing distinct storage zones in the fridge is important. I think it, it, it encourages a sense of, you know, it, you know what you have when you open your fridge, if it's not all sort of thrown in willy-nilly. 
you, you know, use the things first that are going to expire soonest. Keep that stuff up front so you know what what's the fret, you know what what can, carton of milk to use um, mm-hmm. or or bottle like they do at the store basically. Yeah, exactly. I always go to the back of the milk. You know, I always dig toward the right, back exactly. to find the you know the longest expiration date. Exactly. You can do the once a week. Uh, Andrew Knowlton has a great recipe on ba.com, which I used last night for just leftovers, uh, putting them into fried rice. Ah, so you can just that's do the fridge, the fridge clean out fried rice. Right. Right. Which also uses lots of condiments, so then we're like keeping that drawer moving. Exactly. What's your refrigerator like? Is it tidy? It's pretty tidy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I won't claim it's perfect, but I, I um, and I do, I do religiously clean it out once a week. I try to keep it organized, and I try to. Um, I'm very much about getting plastic out of my life, so we use glass containers, um, storage containers for leftovers. Um, I try very hard not to buy things that are packaged in plastic mm-hmm. so that my condiments are in glass. You know, I'm pretty religious about keeping, about separating sort of cheese and, you know, having a drawer designated for cheese and for meat and for fruit and so on. Mm-hmm. But it's not perfect. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you. I feel a little better. What are some of the alternatives to saran wrap or tinfoil? Yep, that's something that we cover in the book. Because um, I just made cheesecake the other day, and I was like, well, I don't want to put saran wrap on top of this. What are my options exactly. besides a plate? Right. Because, of course, it was precariously stacked on top of, you know, 14 different things. And- right, right. <laughs> well, we've tried very hard to come up with alternatives for plastic for all food storage. So we've we've got um, – you can use cotton produce bags is something I just started using. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of these mesh cotton bags that you can bring with you to the grocery store. You know, Smart. if you want to, if you want to avoid taking home plastic, you know, putting your stuff in plastic and taking it home and throwing the plastic away, mm-hmm. um, we use glass canning jars and enamelware canisters. And as far as natural alternatives to plastic wrap, um, do you know about bees wrap? I use it. I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I love too. the smell. Yep. And then um, we've and then we've got these linen. Um, we feature these linen bowl covers in the book mm. that are um, elasticized. They're almost like shower caps. They're cute. Yeah, they're really cute. And they're great if you want to cover cover a bowl without pulling out a big roll of saran wrap. In. Right, right. I actually reuse my saran wrap and I wash my baggies and, and, and. It's a little crazy. Um, I actually got this really cool new thing called the veggie bag. A V-E-G-E bag. I read about it, I think, on Grub Street. And it's almost like a terry cloth sack. They Mm -hmm. have them in three sizes. And what you do is you moisten it and absorbs all the water. And then you put in your cleaned greens or your vegetables. And then you kind of, you can moisten it every couple of days. But it keeps things fresher way longer. Like I've had some dandelion greens in there for over a week. It's been great. It's not, it's not inexpensive. I think I paid $18 on Amazon for the large one. But I will definitely be buying other sizes because it's really extending the life of the produce and there's no plastic. Exactly. I think that might be a future remodel to post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your favorite sources for shopping for kitchen organizing items? I mean, I, I loved looking in the source book here because there were some places that I'd never heard of. I, I love March, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, I mean, I, you know, and I, lo- I love all the old classics too, like Williams-Sonoma and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Food 52 is doing a great job, I think, curating yeah. some beautiful stuff. You know, one of the things that we do at Remodel East is kind of go to, you know, I love to go to the art supply store and buy little, you know, as I mentioned, those little spice jars. Mm-hmm. You can buy artist um, metal pallets that are that are like those ah. falconware trays. Okay. Those are great for corralling, you know, stuff inside of drawers. And, you know, I like to go to an old-fashioned hardware store. I was going to ask, yeah, hacks like that. Yeah. Hardware hacks, Ikea. 
Yep, what I love you, IKEA. What are your favorite kitchen items at IKEA? Um, I, I, IKEA makes a lot of great basics. Like I have a, a really good strainer from them, a metal strainer. I have I like their um, their metal utensil. You know their pastas. What do you call those things? Those pasta scooper mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. Those, I, I like their spatulas and their. I like the fact that they don't have pl- have plastic handles. They're just metal. Right. Right. Really, I, I really try to avoid anything with a plastic handle. As I said, I like their all our glass storage jars and you know I can I could spend hours at Ikea (laughs) like most people great any other fun hacks like that um you know science science a lab or supply stores believe it or not have some great stuff measuring beakers porcelain bowls with pouring spouts um you can get a mortar and pestle there Mm. Yeah, mm. we like to go, we like to go to all sorts of different stores and see what what we can find that works in the ha- you know works well in the house. Nice, yeah. Actually, the mortar and pestle that I use is for grinding pigments, artist ah. pigments. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Of course, I don't know if it's actually food safe, but uh, we won't think about that. Um, why do you like art in the kitchen? I noticed you had some really fun Hugo Guinness stuff. Yeah, I just think it makes the kitchen feel less clinical. It makes it feel like a place where you can hang out and you know. Have mm-hmm. a glass of wine while you're cooking, and you've got your, you know, I, I, I have an oil painting in my kitchen. I mean, I'm wow, yeah, and and I and I have a lot of um, beautiful pottery that I feel is like artwork, really. But I think it adds just a warmth to the space. Kitchen ladders are important too. Exactly. Where can you get a good one? Because IKEA has a good one, but it doesn't fold up. Right. It's funny you should ask that because I literally just <laughs> ordered a ladder yesterday. Um, and it has to be really lightweight. I ordered this beautiful Italian wood ladder. It came yesterday, literally, from Amazon. And I have I have to send it back because it weighs something like 35 pounds. Oh, my gosh. So I actually I went on and found a very simple, lightweight aluminum ladder that folds. I, I can't tell you that. I can't remember the brand, but... Um, but I spent a lot of time thinking about this because we have a very high ceilings in our apartment, so and we have very high cabinets. So yeah, it's the ladder is essential. Yeah, let me know. I've been using my son's IKEA step stool, or then I have to drag a chair in, and you know, right. all those things. Um, so in your constant kitchen condoing, have you ever thrown away anything you've regretted? I have thrown away lots of stuff I regret. Not so much my <laughs> kitchen for some reason. The stuff I threw away in my kitchen, we actually moved two years ago, and that's when I really purged my kitchen. And I threw out stuff like mugs with logos on them or, mm-hmm. you Channel know. 13. Right. <laughs> but I, I, you know, anything of that I, le- that I love and use, I s- saved. What I have regretted, actually, I, I, I do have a regret story. Um, I, my mother had this fantastic collection of cookbooks. I, and um, when I was cleaning out our, our house on Cape Cod, which is where we go in the summers, um, I got rid of about half of her cookbooks. And hey. yeah, and they were, I, you know, I just kind of went on this mad purge. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a swap shop in town. And I took this huge stack of cookbooks from like really dating from this, you know, from the 60s to the 80s. And um, the next day on the beach, I saw this man sitting there reading one of her cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> it was this kind of, you know, kind of a dated Italian cookbook from like 1975. But I, I felt like r- running over to him and grabbing it out of his hands. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. So in a funny kind of way, 
I feel like I feel like books are are the things that I have regretted getting rid of. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think I regret getting rid of things. I have a yard sale every summer and try to go through this stuff. It's it's more the food that I hoard, mm. like the special travel things, you know, like the fennel pollen that you bring back from the butcher shop in Italy for that you found for six euros, or the butter that you bought in Paris, and then it's so special that I don't actually use it, and right. then it goes bad. I actually sat next to. Uh, Dara Goldstein, who used to edit Gastronomica, and I asked her about this problem because she travels so much and she brings back like a whole suitcase full of stuff. Yeah. And I said, what do you do? Do you try to use it right away? Do you have a party? And she said, I make installations. <laughs> like I don't, the stuff that I don't use, I then turn it into kind of, you know, kitchen art. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, we need to get you this book. So what's the biggest challenge you've had organizing your own home, not just the kitchen? Do you practice what you preach? I try to, for the most part. Um, I, you know, the, the the biggest change I've made in the last couple of years is installing shaker peg rails, mm. um, long rows of them in various ha- rooms in my, both in, in, in my house in Mill Valley. I had, I had them and I have them in Brooklyn Heights. And um, I find that actually quite life-changing because I'm somebody who might be prone to taking off my clothes at the end of the night and throwing them on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I just hang everything up and you know, my floors are clean. You know, they're not littered with piles. I've got sort of canvas bags hanging on these shaker peg rails, one for hats, one for gloves, one for scarves. And that, you know, having it out in the open reachable is just makes a big difference. And are you a clean as you go person? Or is there a special day of the week that's dedicated to that? I'm kind of a clean as I go, especially in the kitchen when I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I try to tidy up after I've, you know, I try to tidy up as I go along so that at the end of the night, I don't have this kind of huge bombshell of a mess to clean up. <laughs> Would you ever leave stuff for the morning after? Um, occasionally, I try not to. Got it. But I have a very deep sink. So I can, you know, I might, I might stack up, I might put a big stack of plates in there and then deal with them in the morning. Mm-hmm. Good to know. So what's the number one mistake people make when they're organizing their homes? I think in a funny kind of way, I think maybe it's, um, is thinking that you need more storage than you actually do. If you can um, do your purge and then really build a closet that that fits what you, if, if you are in that stage, if you're renovating, you don't need, you know, I don't, I don't, I think people go crazy with like sort of, you know, giant, giant acres of closets and so on. And I think you're, I think you're more likely to accumulate more and lose track of what you have the more storage you have. I mean, it seems mm-hmm. kind of counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also believe in, in um, as I mentioned earlier, shaker peg rails. I believe in keeping things at reach, you know, close by, instead of maybe establishing some giant basement storage area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very smart. And is there anything that didn't make it into the book or that you learned about after it gone to print that you wish that you could have shared, um, whether it's about kitchen storage or anywhere else in the home? You know, we spent almost a year putting this book together. Wow. So we really tried very hard to, we, we thought very carefully about, you know, what are the problem areas in the house? What can we share to help people organize and create little moments of, mm-hmm. of beauty throughout the house? Mm-hmm. I like that you even have two pages on what to do with your paper towels. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big believer in getting in, in, in getting the paper towels off the countertop. Where do, where do you put yours? I actually, again, this is this, as I mentioned before, the, this system for the pot, pot lid holder. Mm-hmm, the um, tension rod. I put a tension rod in the front of my cabinet over my sink so that I open 
you know, it's right. Ah. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's like a curtain rod inside your cabinet. Very smart. Yeah, I also like how you have the just sort of the basic IKEA, almost like a string, or is it, I guess it's like a wire oh, curtain yeah. rod. And it's actually a wire curtain rod, exactly. And that's strung sort of all along the length of the kitchen, and then you can use S hooks to hang up exactly spoons or pots or scissors or pretty things. Yep. Maybe some dried herbs. Exactly. And that's actually a trend we've really noticed in the past couple of years is the um, the storage rail in the kitchen. Um, where you can hang your, you know, ladles and spoons and keep everything at close at hand. Mm-hmm. And also there's, you know, I think there's also a trend to having beautiful kitchen implements and putting them on display in your kitchen. It's almost like, you know, it's, it's in a way it's a form of artwork. Like all the spoons that people are making now? Because yeah, that's the first thing you learn in woodworking. <laughs> exactly. These beautiful hand-carved spoons. Utensils, yes. Appliances, no. Exactly. I don't see a single appliance actually on a on a counter on these pages. Yep, it's something we actually really try to avoid, and we're not big countertop appliance and gadget people. Among us, as a group, we probably each one of us has probably one or two countertop appliances. I mean, some of us, not myself, but some of us don't even have microwaves, and I and I think there is this tendency to acquire too many countertop appliances like pasta makers and things that you you think you're going to use and you don't really mm. end up using them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like countertops to be clean and to, for there to be plenty of space for prep work. Right, right. And that's the thing. If your kitchen isn't functional, if it's not well organized, if you have to move things in order to be able to do things and then you can't find the oil and all those things, like it just makes cooking less fun and it takes longer. Exactly. So, okay. Lightning round. Ready? Yep. Okay. Just off the top of your head, we're going to flow. Tupperware or plastic deli containers? Glass containers. (laughs) (laughs) Magnetic strip or knife block? Knife block. Plated dinner party or buffet? Buffet. Mixy or matchy? Um, Mixy. Coffee mug or tumbler? Coffee mug. Stemmed wine glass or flat? Flat. Paper towels or kitchen rags? Uh, Kitchen rags. Lemon juice or vinegar? Vinegar. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. And congrats on the beautiful book. Thank you so much. Emil, my freezer, unmitigated disaster. That is a tragedy. I feel like it's both underused and overused at once. It's like it's crowded, <laughs> it's messy, but I never actually go in there to get anything. Yeah. I mean, that is why the the freezer edit is so essential. I feel like I never know what's in my freezer. If in unless I like have it, unless mm. I take the time to organize it, kind of like out of sight, out of mind, because there's a big. I feel uh, like there's a big pile up in mind, and I don't. I, I I'm like, oh, there's some chicken stock from literally 11 months ago in right. the back. Right. So that's that's the thing is like you you know the freezer has this incredible utility where it's like you you know you make the stock, you like buy the bulk chicken thighs, you do the whatever, and it seems like a great idea. You package it up, you stash it in the freezer, but if you don't know that it's there, you're never going to use it. Yeah. So then you end up with the the great pile up. So all right, before, before we get into the editing, can you and I I, I mean this honestly because I use my freezer for ice for my cocktails mm-hmm. and I use it for my McConnell's double peanut butter chip ice cream, Ooh. and literally that's about it. So what do you? I know this is such an elementary question, but like, what do you like to use your freezer for? And like, give me some good tips of like how to sort of take advantage of that freezer space. Well, so to me, it's like yeah, there are all those times where you're cooking something that kind of only makes sense to cook in bulk. Whether it's 
a bunch of beans or bolognese or, you know, chicken stock, whatever, you know, I'm always cooking those things knowing that I'm going to package some up and store it. And that allows you to have that kind of like grab, you know, you know, grab the pint container of bolognese and that's dinner for two instead of having yeah. to cook it. You know, it's you're able to take things you put a lot of time and effort into so and on, then deploy on, them. On the front quickly. end, you spend three hours making it and then grab it when you come home, warm it up, and then boom, it's ready to go. Totally. Do you Are you a pint container guy or a lot of times people will use like the Ziploc bags for stock and whatnot? So it depends. I mean, the Ziploc bag, I think, is the – which is to say like putting – flat freezing things is mm -hmm. what I think people call it. You like put the the chicken stock into a bag, Ziploc bag, seal it, and then lay it down flat so then it's there's more surface area so it thaws a lot quicker. It's like an envelope of, of stock. Yeah, and I think that that works well. I mean, honestly, for things like stock, if I'm going to use it, I'm going to take the pint container out, and that's just, I just have more pint and quart containers in my house than I do Ziploc bags. And then warm it a little bit under just hot water so that it will release from the container and then just put it into a saucepan yeah. and just simmer, you know, heat it up. Do you, I'm going to assume the answer is yes, but who knows? Do you always take a Sharpie and mark the date and the name of what it is? Yeah. You got to put a piece of masking tape on it with the date and what it is. Otherwise, you know, all of a sudden bolognese starts to look like the kind of tomatoey beans that mm. you made, which starts to look like the broth that you made and the soup from, and there's nothing worse than thawing something and then realizing it's the wrong thing i mean not not nothing worse that's clearly an yeah. exaggeration but you're like oh i thought that was chicken stock and actually that was just soup that has like grains and greens yeah. in it that, and that's not gonna that block of brown stuff was not actually bolognese right but it was, yeah. exactly well um, the other thing that i really like to use the freezer for is just like last year uh lauren my fiance got me a quarter of a pig for Christmas. <laughs> so it was like, you know, all butchered, oh, like, God. you know, chops and, you know, sausages and whatever. And, you know, we were able to get a bunch, you know, sometimes you're like in that situation where you're like, oh, I want good meat, but I can't go to the good meat store. And then it's like, do I really want to go to the grocery store and get like, you know, a lesser version? So then it's just like there. And, and then, you know, for me also, I think the freezer can be like a good like point of like inspiration for cooking hmm. when you're like, what do I have? And then what you have includes proteins and fish yep. and and all of that. Then you know it's easier. I'm I'm a bad like I'm the I'm a bad getting inspiration in the supermarket cook because then I'm kind of like standing there and I'm like I could make literally anything. I've, I I get shopping anxiety. Totally. I'll go to the the market like the Whole Foods or something, and it's overwhelming. And I'm I'm in like the produce aisle or something. I'm like I don't. Uh, and no, I, when it, you can cook, give me a, actually give me anything. three things to choose from, and exactly. not thirty. And that's like for me, I'm like, okay, I've got a, I've got a pork shoulder. Like I'm gonna thaw that. What are we organizing? Like that's the organizing. You know, it'd be principle. nice. Maybe with some beans in there, like in mm -hmm. the pot as the pork shoulder is braising or something. Mm. Exactly. What? Okay. So in terms of the editing, so the other thing which I don't know. Uh, when I look in my freezer, I'm like, well, can I use chicken stock if it's nine months old? Like, what's the window of opportunity for these various things that are in your freezer? Well, so I mean, you know, I think it it depends on who you ask and like what the, you know <laughs> what I mean. Like, some people will be like, oh, if you've got chicken stock, you need to use it within three months or whatever. Like, I've used things that have been in my freezer at, literally for years. And literally, it's, yeah, like actually like some, you know, chicken stock or some tomato sauce that I made like a couple of years ago. It's not ideal. I like to try to like 
I try to use it all within a year. That's kind of like my general rule. But it's the only thing that's gonna the only bad thing that's gonna happen is it's it's gonna get have a little bit of freezer burn. Maybe yeah. they'll have like a little bit of off taste. It's not gonna hurt you, you know. I've what? cooked I've cooked like meat that has been in that I found in people's freezers that has been like several years old, and you know it's <laughs> it, you know it was fine. What about like when sometimes when things aren't packaged that well, you see all the little like ice crystals forming on the meat right. or whatever. That's... So that's like that you know, and and one thing that I feel like people talk about a lot is like having that the the bag full of chicken carcasses or yeah, whatever yeah. to make stock they save them up to make stock i don't do that because if you just if you're just like throwing when you're putting things in the freezer like that just almost like loose that's when they get the the gnarly freezer burny sort of like gross ice crystals all over them and the you know tastes like the freezer that's then they look like the the uh have you seen the new star wars like the ice jackals or whatever those little foxes made out of ice crystals wow they're spoiler pretty, alert yeah they're pretty awesome yeah i know nothing of these jackals. okay well you'll see them you'll be like oh i, I know what you're talking about <laughs> all right so so you're all right, you're gonna go through your edit soon you do a winter edit what, so talk walk me through it what are you pulling out so, what are you keeping you know this is kind of like a lazy sunday sort of activity mm, where you're like it. all right doing a little cleaning like you know i need like a little project to make me feel like i've accomplished something this weekend take everything out of your freezer put it out on the counter or if you're like really if you think it's going to take you a long time if you've got like a giant chest freezer or whatever you know maybe you want to pull up a cooler or something but what i like to do is take everything out kind of organize it on the table so you've got like your proteins you've got your like quarts of soup and stock and whatever you've got the like brown bananas for the banana bread kind of organize it into categories and then make a list. Well, first of all, taking the things that you know you're never going to use or mm. seem too old or like seem gross and freezer burn or if you don't know what it is, <laughs> if I don't know what it is, then I will thaw it then. So that's like another that's another thing. If it's like a random brown liquid that I I don't, I don't know anything See, about. See, that's the difference between you and me. I would just throw it away. Well, you know, I mean, there are certain things that just go straight in yes. the trash. But if if you're intrigued by something, <laughs> I, then that's like something that I'm just going to oh, thaw God. and I'm going to try to use that day or the next day. But you, once you see in front of you all the things you're going to put back into the freezer, then you start making your list. And the list is key because as we were talking about like having the freezer being a source of inspiration you can't be kind of inspired to cook the things in your freezer if you don't know what's yeah. in it so what i'll do is i'll make a list and so that'll be like you know one pound of andouille sausage like two one pound packages of like maple breakfast sausage you know two quarts of chicken stock are you and is this like on, on a paper list or on, on your phone this is on paper okay i mean i could probably do it on my phone but because yeah. i'll take it and then i'll just magnetize it to the freezer to the outside of the freezer. Yes. So then once I put everything back and it's like all nice and tidy and organized and you can like reach everything easily, then, you know, whenever you're standing in front of your refrigerator trying to figure out what to cook, you can just, instead of opening the freezer and like trying to like root around yeah. in there, you just have the list. And then whenever you take something out, you just cross it off. Oh, I like that. I, I think that's hugely helpful. And again, like that having something in front of you that you see you can read like oh i've got beans i've got some pork let's do this well then all of a sudden i mean you know if your freezer is like mine all of a sudden you're just like filled with this sense of possibility mm. you know you're like the riches of my freezer it's not a burden it's all potential no totally it's, then it's you're an like, opportunity you're like, i got pork chops i didn't yes. even know i had pork chops i have the lower freezer you have an annoying things, freezer and things get piled on top of each other so you can't see into it yeah it's i don't that that design of freezer i think is yeah is, is really not ideal. No. Because it's just you're piling things on top of each other. There's no other way. Yeah. You can 
You can if you had more cork containers, you can do them like like almost like a spice rack drawer where uh-huh. you've got like the, they're standing upwards and you put the label them on top. Right. You know you could do that. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to using my freezer more. Um, I also have this one drawer. Drawer. People drawer. Always, dr- people say I pronounce Wait. that. What, how are you supposed to pronounce it? Drawer. Drawer. <laughs> drawer. Drawer. I don't know. Um, I have this one. It's like the pasta and grain drawer. And like you pull it out, and okay, there's like three different versions of types of farro or like bulgur wheat in like the original packaging, but also in Ziploc bags. And then some are spilling out all over the place, and I have like mm-hmm. five different things of like versions of long pasta, right. but they're not all exactly the same. But each of them has like a quarter of the amount left oh in the box God. or an eighth of the amount. That makes me it, like you're actually like my back is no, and I'm like, it. what should I be doing? Why would here? you not use an entire thing of pasta? What are you doing? I, I just like I will well, just just eat. cook it. Like there's no because you're never gonna cook the quarter pound of pasta or the the maybe no, quarter pound of pasta, and you're never gonna weigh it and be like, oh, this is one serving of pasta. <sighs> okay, so I, I've got all this stuff in there. It's like the it's the grain, it's the pasta, it's the whatever drawer mm-hmm. drawer. There's maybe some polenta going on in there. Mm-hmm. Should I be putting those in containers? Do, do I just keep them in the original boxing? Like, what am I doing? Well, I mean, I think it depends on how how neurotic you are about kitchen organization. For I would me, like, I would like to be more neurotic. I, I but, would, but you've met you've met my wife. Yes, yes. I mean, I love you, Simone. Um, <laughs> I, I love you too. Would also, I would say that for me, that I mean, ideally everything would be kind of like all the beans and whatever and grains would be corded up and you know all stacked all nicely or in some kind of like modular you know containers or whatever i like those containers now that have like the round wood top but then they're ringed in rubber so they go you know when you put them on they can either be glass or ceramic uh sort of ones uh like i mean those look really cool i think the thing is for me that doesn't totally work because all the things are so different you know and i'm not trying to mix like pharaoh that i bought from one store with the bulk pharaoh that I got from Whole Foods or whatever, because you never know if those things are actually going to cook at the same mm. time necessarily. Or like beans. Some beans just take forever so to cook. And I, some yeah, I personally quickly. like to keep things in their original containers. And what I'll do when, you know, if, if I'm feeling really ambitious after the fridge clean and you want to kind of like edit your grains and beans and pasta drawer, you take everything out and just like really, you have to like really do some like slashing and burning. You're like, am I actually going to use that like quarter of a box of Diolini. You're like, yeah. no, no, and you know? And, it, and then you just have to throw that out. Like, that's just, that's, that's what it is. It's but, just dried pasta. But what I try to do is then, you know, you take everything out, you organize it, you, you take the things you're definitely not going to use, pitch them. What I like to do is then take just a, a select few of those things and put them in like a separate like box or a tray or something and put that out on the counter and just have that as you're like, these are the things that you're, you need to use in the next couple of weeks. These are the priority things. And sim- like similarly to the way that once you edit the freezer, you're like, okay, these things, I'm not sure about them. I'm going to take them out. I'm going to thaw them. If they're good, I'm going to eat them. If they're not or I don't have anything to any use for them, then they're going to go in the garbage. And maybe you're like, oh, you know, I'm going to make like chicken noodle soup and it's okay if I throw in like a, you know, quarter box of Didalini and a quarter box yeah. of like the Tubetti or the like yeah, Orzo you. or whatever. Just, you know, get creative figure out a way to use those like odds and ends and like you know often i think i'll find something in a drawer like that that i've i'm excited to cook i'm like oh like these beans i bought and i was so excited about but because they're piled underneath like all of this 
garbage. Lentils. I always have lentils in there. Right. So I like, never know how to make lentils that taste good. What? I just I don't know. It's, I told you I have this problem with beans and lentils. They they never have enough flavor. I'm like I'm like am I not adding enough salt? Do I need more aromatics? Like, the answer is always salt. Um, so on this kitchen edit day, say like January, middle of January on a Sunday, you're not watching football because that's not your thing. You're like, <laughs> you're like I'm going to clean up. Do you typically resolve on that day that you're going to cook something big that night with the various things you're pulling out? And you're like, oh yeah, that. And like, I'm going to use up these things. And like, then you do a cooking project. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's that. the great thing about doing, you know, I know people are all about like spring cleaning or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think that, you know, come springtime, I mean, especially in New York City, when it's like you've just been, it's been miserably cold for four months. I'm not trying to like spend all Sunday inside cooking. That's like a winter activity. Yeah. So like you you do the edit during the winter time because then you're like, you know what? All right, it's like 1 p.m. I'm home. I've got time to cook the beans. I've got time to like take the thaw the pork shoulder and then like you know you're going through your spice cabinet maybe you're like oh i wanted to eat like i got that vaduvan curry and now is the time for the since now is the time for like the the slow roasts and the long braises and the curries and the stews i feel like those those preparate the wintertime preparations that you get really excited about when it is cold outside is the kind of the best opportunity use your pantry which is yes. kind of that's what it's for because in spring and summer is... you're going to the green market because you want those fresh vegetables which you haven't had for months exactly and it's, it's less of a of a pantry freezer sort of totally sort of, uh, cuisine mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. will uh well you made me hungry you made me inspired to go do some editing in my kitchen All uh right. thanks a lot emil thank you adam The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and produced and edited by Emma Wartsman. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Grady's with additional music by Nathaniel Wartsman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.